0: My name is Rachel Silver. This podcast is all about stepfamilies. I decided to make a podcast on stepfamilies as four years ago, I met my now husband and he had three children. I was a single girl living alone and being with someone with three kids was a huge shock to me. None of my friends were in my situation or could empathize with what I was going through and I had no one to talk to about it. I found there wasn't much support for people in my situation and no one to talk to about how I was feeling and issues we faced as a step family. In this series, we'll hear from other people in a step family, and I really hope it helps anyone in one and also gives an insight into what step family life is like. Today, I'm joined by Nicola. Hello, Nicola. Hello. Uh, Nicola's got a 13 year old son, and her boyfriend has a 12 year old daughter. That's right. And I'm also joined by Claire Asherson Bartram, who is a psychotherapist who works with step families. Hello, Claire. Hello. So, Nicola, um, thanks for joining us today. Um, So you've got a son who's 13 called Aston. I do. And your boyfriend, Ricky, has a 12-year-old daughter. Yes. So tell me a bit about how you and Ricky met and your stepfamily situation. I met Ricky
1: when I was in Ibiza actually, so it was quite a fun kind of like meet up. We was both single at the time and had a fun little date over in Ibiza, and then. Didn't see each other again for maybe like around six months when both of our friends matched on Tinder, actually. I knew that he had a daughter, but it wasn't until a little while into the relationship that I'd realised that she had autism. So maybe three or four months into seeing each other, we met up with our children. And she's a lovely girl. And we've been together three years. And we have just been kind of like blending it all together, really. Some with some difficulties and some not so difficulties. But yeah, it's been really good. And he's, he's a great dad. And his relationship with my son is great. And his relationship with his daughter is amazing.
0: Yeah. So how do you get on with his daughter? And how is it with her autism? Do you know what? it's? I think because she's
1: very autistic, she's nonverbal. So our relationship is difficult is, is difficult because we don't really have you can't really have much of a rapport with a child that can't really speak. I could turn up and be like hi Leah, and she will not really say much. He's really good with her, and because of her nonverbal, she kind of sits in the background a little bit. So you try and interact a little bit, but you don't really get too much back, which can sometimes be quite hard.
0: So it's quite hard for you to have a relationship with her if she doesn't really respond to you because she can't speak. Yeah. So she can kind
1: of like, prompted, she can say like, hello, or she might say bye. She might give you a high five, actually. That's our kind of like little bit of our kind of how we might kind of interact. And I think even if you kind of like, um, pretty similar to like most other situations is if you have a stepdaughter or a stepson or whatever, you kind of are supposed to be the one that kind of like starts the kind of like relationship it kind of falls on you a little bit and, and you feel like you're being maybe watched by your partner like how your your kind of enthusiasm for their child is so I can be quite upbeat and be like hey and then you kind of get nothing so it kind of falls a little bit flat and then you kind of but it gets easier but it still does have its difficulties.
0: No, you don't live with Ricky, do you? No, I don't. So you just go round and and you see his daughter when you're around at her, his yeah, house. Yeah. And so does that mean that your son, Aston, doesn't go round a lot, or you don't all sort of blend, if you like, together as a unit? Well, I think
1: when we first were seeing each other, like you make this big effort to make sure that you kind of blend as a as a four. And initially, because. Like, you want it to work, do you get what I mean? So we'd kind of go out on days and whatever and whatever. But I found that with that, like, having a teenage son that then kind of has never had, like, another man around, because I'd split up with his dad when he was quite young. He has a relationship with his dad. But we never really had another man in the house or anything like that. And then all of a sudden here I come with a boyfriend that's also got a daughter. And then you kind of, as the parent, you want them to kind of it to work out. That on a normal situation would be quite difficult, two personalities working together, but the fact that she's autistic, it, they can't really have a relationship. So at the beginning I kind of forced myself to make it a thing and then times when we did meet up it was a little bit difficult so then I kind of like recoiled. So at the moment the time that me and Ricky spend together is usually me, Ricky and his daughter or me, Ricky and my son.
0: Hardly ever at the moment as a four. So that is quite difficult, especially if you all decide at some stage to move in together and yeah. and all try and... I think that's
1: more to do with the fact that, luckily, two nights a week, my son does stay at my mum's due to my working hours. And those are the nights that I spend at Ricky's. Yeah, So that's the nights that kind of like it's just the two of us. So on the days because I've got quite a busy work schedule, on the days when it's just me and my son, Ricky's kind of usually doing something with his daughter. So just circumstantially, it's kind of worked out like that. It's not necessarily... Like a thing that we kind of make it be, but I, the anxiety that I might get is based on just wanting my son to feel comfortable. Be- because of Vili's autism, she sometimes becomes the forefront in the situation. Do you get I me? Mean? Like you have to kind of. But then I don't know if that's sometimes me, and because my son is actually quite resilient to that situation, he's not. He's ever never said to me he doesn't feel uncomfortable or or whatever. It's just usually me wanting it to just be okay.
0: I think it sounds really natural that you kind of want everything to be perfect and everyone to get on and then when suddenly it's not working that way you do take a step back and kind of retreat rather than go for it and keep pushing it. I mean what would you say Claire and how would you what would you sort of say to Nicola in a way for things to blend better or is it best to leave it how it is?
2: I can hear where the difficult areas would be. Yeah. For example, when you talk about having basically been together with Aston, you yeah. and him, I think that makes it very hard for him when you have a partner. Yeah, of it's course, like, yeah. It's like, yeah, because up till Ben, it's almost like he's not been the man of the house, but sort of, the but male of the house. definitely the man the of the house, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. it's just me and him.
1: So, you know, like, it's kind of like, well, it's just me and him. So then I don't have to think about taking away any time from me and him or disturbing that kind of, like, peace that we had for pretty much, like, seven yeah. years. yeah. So
2: And he is about to enter into the most turbulent bit of childhood. So at the moment, it sounds like you've got a setup that could work and that it would get harder if you and Ricky decided that you wanted to live together. Yeah. I, I guess he doesn't live with his daughter. At the moment, she's actually with him full-time. Oh, she's with him full-time? Yeah. Because the thing is that you are a family of four and... It's a different sort of family than if you were all like a nuclear family. Yeah. So you're not going to get together and get on together in the same way as that. And sometimes some of what has to be gotten used to is just to know that you're going to be different. Yeah. You are different. Yeah. And you can't model yourselves exactly on a nuclear family. So your idea, we should all get together, actually maybe... It doesn't quite work like that because you're going to be closer to Aston and he's going to be closer to his daughter because you've got history.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't think that I model it that it has to be like that. I just think that sometimes because of the kind of dynamic, how it kind of like sits, because Aaliyah can't really be part of maybe the conversation around the table or sometimes her behaviour makes it difficult I don't know what the right terms are when you when it comes to autism, but you know, like meltdowns could be a a term. I don't know if violence is the right word, but you know, like kinda of lash out. Mm. So she can quite hit, do you get what I mean? Mm. And then it's like so if my son's then hit by Aaliyah, she doesn't really get reprimanded too much for her behaviour because she's autistic and then my son has to then just kind of suck it up mm. a little bit. Do you get me? And then it kind of like, I can't then react. And then Ricky doesn't sometimes react in the way that I would react if it was, say, my child. Then it, So then it kind of kind of create a few little hiccups. Let's say. I
2: can see that. So there's so many different elements. I mean, one is the autism itself, which would be difficult anyway. Yeah. And it's worth sort of finding out about autism.
1: Yeah, I've definitely... Because going into a relationship with an autistic child, I definitely find myself, like, Googling. Like, do you get me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah definitely kind of how... I think what's difficult as well is because I wasn't there for, like, nine years of her, of her life. Exactly. How the mum and Ricky kind of, like, dealt with her autism and maybe found out the things that they found out. I didn't have, like, the kind of, like, ongoing... I don't know, like, maybe if the way that I googled things and see the rapport that you may have with a child that's non-verbal, maybe that wasn't implemented before I came along, do you get what I mean? So it's difficult for me to then kind of go, oh, well, maybe she should be doing this, or maybe she should have done that, do you get what I mean? And then that would have made it easier, and I think it's difficult to kind of put that to somebody who's... But that bit you're talking about is
2: actually the stepfamily bit. Yeah. The elements that I see is... Like, what's your place as a step-parent? Yeah. And looking at the parent. (laughs) But it's very rare for a step-parent to feel the same towards their stepchild as they do towards their own children because it's a different relationship.
1: Of course, yeah.
2: So you and Ricky are going to feel protective of your children. You're going to both be actually softer on your children than others and also a bit protective of them against. So you will feel a bit protective of... Aston sort of against Ricky and yeah. against his daughter of course, and he's yeah. going to feel like that with you and yeah. that is where it's really difficult and the most difficult thing I think is for you and Ricky to talk about that without yeah. getting defensive but that's sort of the challenge yeah is for you to talk about it and understand each other because from the outside it's so easy to be critical of parenting of but course, it's such yeah. an enmeshed you know you're so entangled with your child yeah and you feel them sort of viscerally you feel them in your gut yeah definitely yeah
1: yeah that's exactly how I would describe it actually your gut kind of like comes to the forefront when yeah somebody's like maybe criticizing what you might do because even even like on my end like I've got a teenage boy that I don't really give him like chores and the I don't I do tidy your bedroom make sure you put the cups in the sink all of that stuff and sometimes Ricky might kind of come with a something that's slightly higher than my kind of chore level and he's like why don't you get him to do that and I'm like instinctively my gut kind of like goes but actually do you get me and so you defend because it's not actually what you not want to do but you're a little bit softer I don't mind picking up I do mind picking up your pants but you know like it's kind of like along those kind of lines so I can see that sometimes when I kind of say for instance a routine that I think should be in place for and he's kind of like, is soft on it, I can see that sometimes he does kind of go, well, actually, he doesn't, he's not really forceful with his opinion, but I can see how I would be if it was towards, if if it was the shoes of the other foot. Well, I think you
2: get experienced like an intruder, the outsider coming in.
1: Yeah, of course, yeah.
2: And you and Ricky are at the core, but you've got these very intense relationships with your children that are very protective, and these are natural things in place. But I do think that, Um, the feelings that come up with them, they're very deep. They're very sort of primitive. Yeah. And that's why it can get so difficult.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you talk to Ricky about how you feel? So if you had a situation like either where he said Aston should be doing more chores or at the dinner table, if Aaliyah hit Aston in the evening, would you say... When you did that, I felt this way, or this is how I'm feeling, or is it too difficult?
1: I think sometimes it's too difficult. I think because, like, these are some some of Elia's traits and her ways aren't things that can be changed, really. Because she doesn't have... Well, she may have much more of a level of understanding that we might give her, her credit for, but she doesn't really... She's not really reprimanded it in a way that you would kind of reprimand a child that had quite like an, in inverted commas, normal understanding of behaviours, to get what I mean? and the way that you could then articulate and then you can maybe, she could articulate back to you and there's never a real kind of like, I'd say for instance if another child hit another child, you say, I'll say sorry. And then maybe they would get something taken off of them in a kind of like, that. Like I know that, that's your punishment, say. That wouldn't happen with Aaliyah, do you get what I mean? And... I feel guilty if I kind of sometimes come in and say something like, oh, that, or if we talk about it later, that wasn't right. The way that you did that wasn't right. Like, I'd feel bad because it's something that he can't really change. And I'm, I'm sure having a child with autism is such a heavy load anyway. To then have someone complain about your child would be even more of a load, I feel like.
0: But then that's a lot for you to carry your feelings yeah. and bottle up.
1: I think that's where a lot of the kind of uneasy feeling come from, is I bottle it up and kind of like maybe talk to a friend or whatever, but then it's kind of never really solved. But I don't know where the solving would come in. Do you get I me? Mean? I don't know how you, how do you solve a situation like that? I don't know if there's exactly like a solution, like an
2: answer, yeah. but there are various things. One is that... The longer that you know somebody, the more that you will understand her yourself. Mm. The more you'll have a sense of things. There is really something about how time sort of softens and changes things because yeah. you get
1: connected with people over yeah. time. Yeah. Because of her nonverbal, there's almost like a non connection. I feel like if if you had a, if I had a stepdaughter that you could chat to and you build up a relationship with and you do things with and you are able to Take shopping, take shopping, take shopping. You cinema. know, like do little bits and pieces, even if some of those things weren't your cup of tea. You end up doing it just like, similarly, I might do things with my son that I'm not really my cup of tea, but you do it, you build up a relationship. I think because there's no kind of like connection there, it's difficult to build up a rapport. Well, you can't have a rapport,
2: but you might have a sort of acceptance of each other being there that feels that you can say goodbye and you can do a high five. Yeah. And you might get to know her even if you can't talk.
1: Yeah, I get to know her. I get to know her ways. Like, I yeah. know that I think because of her low functioning in the, in the sense of, like, being able to talk in bits and pieces and communicate, she is quite solid. Like, she by herself quite a bit. So I'd if I'd come to the house, I'd say hello. Sometimes I'd get hello back. Sometimes I'd get nothing. And then pretty much from then until maybe I might give her, like, a drink or a sweet or something to eat or something like that, there's not much else. Like she likes to kind of like be by herself, and she kind of come in in bits and pieces, but that's it. So there's not really much else to to go off. We do fun things, and we kind of go ice skating, bits and bobs. She'll she'll hold my hand. There is ele- little elements of kind of affection that I might get from her, like she might grow and tiggle me. There is it's a not it's an okay kind of situation. It's just like difficult on that sense that you don't really get much more. But that isn't something I feel like will change due to the fact that she will never mm. really create words, maybe.
2: But it sounds like you're doing quite well with her, actually,
1: that she's not actually pushing
2: you away. And a lot of what you're talking about is the difficulty of being with someone with autism. Yeah. And it's, I mean, maybe a little bit compounded by the fact that you aren't her parent and you haven't got the history. I know this sounds weird, but it might even be easier in some way, because if you have a stepchild who's actively not wanting you. Yeah. Even if they can talk,
0: yeah, that, yeah that, that
2: can be very difficult. Yeah, and you don't seem to have that. Yeah,
0: yeah. It sounds like she accepts the situation in the way that she understands it, and also your son Aston does. Yeah, um, I assume that he's okay with Ricky, your partner. Yeah, he's absolutely. Yeah, their,
1: their relationship's nice. I think at the moment with the way that it kind of set up, a lot of the time Ricky might pop over for the evening or whatever and Aston's at that age where PlayStation is his life. So, you know, like he's in and out and comes to get some food high, but like not really, he's just a normal teenager that kind of just likes to be in his room doing his own thing. So that they don't really kind of do things together. They might play PlayStation, might play a game. But yeah, no, our, their relationships doesn't have any, any issue. It, it sounds to me like
2: there's a lot in your setup. That makes it easier.
1: Yeah.
2: All round, Yeah, actually. yeah definitely, yeah. In, and, um, I mean, including the fact that Aston is used to being away from you some evenings in the week yeah. and that yeah. you have time. It does seem to me that the bit that's tricky and would be really great if you could build on it would be able to talk with Ricky about the difficulties that you feel, the frustrations. Yeah. And I think to do that, you probably both need to understand that you would be saying things to the other person that might be painful for the other one to hear. Yeah. So it's not like the other's bad, but you need then you need to really sort of slow down. Yeah. Because I think that one of the benefits of being a step-parent is that because you're on the outside, you do see things. And that is true for both of you. Yeah. So you see things about his relationship that... He's too close to see, and he sees things about yours that you're too close to, to see. So therefore, if you can get past feeling defensive, protective, and all those difficult and sort of almost like knee-jerk reaction feelings, you could be really useful for each other.
0: Yeah. How's the best way to sort of broach that conversation with your partner?
2: I mean, I, I have to say I often see people together myself... To help them with exactly that, not because I've got the advice. Actually, I often don't have the advice. It's for, you know, the people I'm with to work it out. It's just to help have the conversations that are difficult. So my best way is to sort of maybe to start off really understanding that and that you really make the effort to talk one at a time. Yeah. Not on top of each other. Yeah. But I think if you can understand that these are difficult conversations, they are painful. It's not that there's something bad or wrong with the other person. It's that it's so strong that you feel protective of your own child yeah. and you feel so much that the other one's on the outside coming in and they're not even the parent. Yeah. If you can sort of understand that, that might help you
1: get through it because
2: what you'll feel is normal, actually.
1: Ricky's not very good at expressing himself and I've kind of always kind of had a go in for that. But when really, if I look at myself, I would kind of, much easily express myself in a kind of in a not an angry way but that's kind of like so so if something gets on top I might then fly at something instead of kind of saying let's sit down and talk about this because I've been having an issue about this I'm quite easy to do that in a kind of like non kind of emotional situation but if I feel an emotion about something I do sometimes find it difficult to express that on a kind of like calm kind of way if you Mm. know what I mean so I think that I think both of us struggle with with, with maybe talking about how in-depth feelings and because it, it is can be it can throw up uncomfortable feelings it's not an easy thing to to broach so I think separately we both need to do that and talk about things that might be uncomfortable.
0: Yeah I think it's really hard I don't think it's easy to say how you're feeling or how you felt when certain things happened but in a way to talk about it so he can kind of hear your point of view and you can hear his could hopefully help yeah because I think
1: the things that sometimes you build up inside to think it will be difficult sometimes there's been a situation I've spoke about it and I'm like actually that's alright do you get what I mean like I feel that sometimes you build things up to be much worse than they are and then they happen and then actually it makes it so much better So you might be able to
2: think of things in advance that are likely to be difficult and then think together, well, how can we manage that? Because if this happens, I might feel like that and you might feel like this and this could happen. Can we think about it? Mm. Because I think one of the things that is really important with a step family is to be creative and you have to do things a little, well, maybe actually, it's probably not more thoughtfully than other families, but sort of like thinking outside the box a little bit with things. Yeah. And sort of recognizing the different situations and the relationships. So I'd, I think it does draw on you to be flexible and creative and to really push to try and understand that this is actually difficult for everybody. Yeah. And to talk about it a bit. Because for both you and him, you haven't got children between you. So you both will feel pulled away from your own child by your partner, like you're in the middle between your partner and your child. Yeah, and that's going to be true for both of you.
1: Yeah, I think as well that these aren't things that sometimes sit in the forefront. I think sometimes because he has a Lear at like full time at the moment, that means that out the nights that I don't have my child, we don't have time for just me and him. Mm. So that can sometimes build up a little bit of kind of like we're not able to kind of do. Nicola and Ricky time. Do you get me? Because at the t- mm. at the moment she's uh, with him full time. So is that something quite important for you to actually try and work out
2: so that you can get some?
1: Yeah. I think his ex-partner pulls the strings a little bit on, on that situation. So I think if, if there's any resentment, it's usually because of her and not necessarily because of Aaliyah being there. Because Aaliyah being there doesn't really pose any real difficulty. It's just that when you've got somebody that's not pulling, in inverted commas, their weight in the bringing up of his daughter at the moment, then if you kind of get a free day, because your child might, is old enough now to kind of go out socially with his friends or stay at my mum's, and then we might make a plan, and then that's kind of um, stopped because his ex-partner pulls the strings on whether she's having her daughter or not. Mm. I think I think there's, so I think if, if me, Ricky and Aaliyah went out for the day, that's absolutely fine. But if we've planned something and then we're not able to do that based on the ex-partners kind of muddling in, then that can kind of like be a bit difficult.
2: Maybe you need to find a way for her to be understanding what the plans are before you've got a plan. You know, it sounds like you sort of have a plan and then she says no, but maybe... There is a case for her being a bit more involved in that.
1: Yeah, I think that because of their lack of good relationship and lack of good communication, it's not really the kind of thing that she would be knowing to know that we had a plan. Do you get what I mean? I think they, they deal with each other separately. She's not to know that I've planned a day out or we're going somewhere or something. I don't think there's good enough relationship between them two for him to know that. Sometimes even if she was to know that he had a plan. Well, you
2: see, I think this is the other difficult thing in a step family is that she is part of your family.
1: Yeah. She I...
2: is part of your family. And so it's difficult for you and him to have a plan. It's difficult for you and him to have a plan about you two together because she's also involved. Yeah. Something, not that I can say you know, what that is, but it sounds like something needs to happen there.
1: Ideally, the three of us having better communication, obviously that would be ideal. Have they you, don't They don't even have a good relationship. Have you met her? I've met her under, like, not the best circumstances the first time. She has then kind of made contact with me to defend her kind of... How can I put it? She kind of came at me just to let me know that she's... Her behaviour is not because of her bad parenting it's just because circumstantially she can't do what she needs to do at the moment Mm. and I was open to that like do you Mm. get what I mean like Mm. I might have had my disagreements to her behaviours before but when she came at me I was kind of like okay Mm -hmm. like you've come at kind of on a level that I can kind of understand so that's fine if her behaviours had matched up to her the chat that she was kind of coming with then maybe I could have like believed her say but I don't I feel like maybe she did that just to ease me but I don't particularly think that much on the phone that she was saying that day was the truth because her behaviours are completely opposite to. So I think that she's not really understanding of Ricky, she's not really understanding of... I think she's a bit entitled, but also she has a daughter that's severely autistic, so I do empathise with her because I think the time that she does have away from her daughter is probably needed, but I think that she can have spiteful tendencies to kind of like potentially sabotage situations that we might have planned.
0: Do you feel a bit resentful towards her because you're caring and looking after and being with her daughter and you kind of don't get any thanks or gratitude? No, well, not really. I don't
1: know if I... I think because of her her treatment to Ricky, not necessarily anything to me, I think her treatment to Ricky makes me a bit more resentful towards her. I think that she's kind of probably quite grateful that he's got somebody around his, his daughter that is actually caring and I think there's lots of people that would kind of like go into a situation with somebody that's got an autistic daughter to that level and then not see it as too much of a baggage you get what I mean like I've taken him and everything that comes with him and I think she's probably grateful that he's found somebody that's mm. like that but I do feel that her ways are a little bit kind of like detrimental to Ricky as a parent. I don't think that she appreciates him enough and I think that she can be a bit spiteful and hurtful towards him and not really appreciate that he's a really good dad and he takes it all in his stride and I think that she kind of takes the mick about that a little bit. I want
2: to say I'm heartened to hear that she's not... You know, she doesn't sound overly hostile... I say overly hostile to you. I mean, some people find themselves in a situation where the ex-partner it really is n- nasty to them. Yeah. And you don't have that. And that's actually quite a hopeful thing.
1: Yeah. I think I think before, um, before I actually met her, under a weird circumstance, she probably did have that kind of, like, um, hostile thoughts towards me. But I think when we met and she kind of, like, sat back a little bit and then I think we know a few of the same people... Obviously, you would want to, the fact that Elia's autistic, she can't then go and tell her mum if I was in any way not very nice to her or if I kind of wasn't showing her the kind of, like, affections that you're supposed to. So she could have gone back to her mum and said, oh, da whatever about Nicola, but she actually can't do that. So I feel like her mum has a level of, like, protectiveness that she wants to make sure whoever is around Aaliyah that she's... A good person, do you get I me? And so I think her resentment towards this person that she'd never met had built up because she didn't know who I was, and then she has then found out that actually I'm alright, and mm-hmm. that, that I've I'm around and I'm sticking around. So she's then kind of like changed her tune, mm-hmm. and then obviously I think because at the moment she can't have it or she's not having Elia, she wanted to let me know, woman to woman, that she's not abandoning her child and it's for A, B, and C reason. And I don't know if it sounds bad, but I feel like she is a little bit manipulative. So I feel like her kind of coming in all nicey-nicey was kind of... It's obviously lovely. Like at the end of the day, I don't want someone finding me up being rude or kind of like I'm finding out from other people that she's being bad-mouthing me. But I feel like she did that to appease the situation. And since she's kind of, like, been a bit spiteful... But I think that's quite normal. At the end of the day, she's not in a relationship. He's happy in one. They haven't been together for years, but, you know, like, you don't want to be... I think sometimes that a resentment about someone else's happiness when they wasn't happy can just is it quite normal.
0: I think one of the things with dealing with a step family that I definitely have come across in my own situation as well is you can make an arrangement or make a plan and then it can get changed either because of something to do with the children, like an activity or a club. And I think for anyone that is really hard and being flexible and adapting. And I do understand your kind of frustration that if you've organised something and you were expecting something to happen in some way, then it gets changed. Yeah, you'll accept it and you'll get on with it, but it does annoy you or build resentment or make you feel a bit resentful towards that person.
1: Yeah, I think first time, second time, third time, cool. Fifteenth time, a little bit like, all right, this isn't that cool. And then where do you kind of like throw, you throw your kind of frustration at your partner when really he's not the person that's changed the situation. He just has to kind of like just pick up the pieces of how the ex-partner potentially has has changed
0: it. Yeah, because you can't leave the child unattended or by themselves. Someone's got to look after them. Yeah.
2: But my question is for you is whether you have enough of a voice in that situation and whether there's potential for you to have more of a voice there. I think
1: personally, like in, if I was to kind of pick up the phone and be like, Ricky's a good dad. He does A, B, C and D. Can you just ease off a little bit to me- or, or do your line share of or do your bit of what you need to do? That wouldn't be a bad situation. I think the way that I could deliver it would probably be, be that she'd have to just kind of go, OK, cool. Do you get what I mean? And I think that the way that she could be towards Ricky, she couldn't be like that towards me. I could probably be the kind of, like, pacifier of their situation because I think that his can't particularly stand her. She can't particularly stand him. They've got their own feelings, I think, as well, when you do have a child that's autistic and she's having... At the time, she was having him a lot more. She was having Aaliyah all the time and every other weekend she'd go to her dad's at once in the week. But I think because of Elia's condition, the mum's life has... Had to kind of like have a little bit of a restrictions, say. And then you're seeing your ex-partner kind of going off with his new girlfriend, going on holiday, doing bits and pieces. And at the moment, she's got control of the situation. She's just kind of like taking lead with that.
2: Well, you can all be a bonus for each other, actually, in terms mm. of that, you know, the daughter can be with one or the other of you and the other one can have time. Yeah, That's a possibility, which isn't a possibility in a nuclear family. That's actually one of the bonuses yeah, in a step so you kind family of, yeah. when you get on well enough. And if you felt okay with that and it was acceptable with Ricky and it wasn't a problem, maybe that's something for you to think about because it sounds like that's a line of communication that isn't a problem.
1: I think as well I was quite surprised because she just actually just rang the house phone yeah. and I wasn't expecting it. And I'd built up a resentment for her because of all the things that he'd said to me. So obviously when I spoke to her... It didn't go bad. The conversation didn't go bad. And there was a situation where she was asked to have her daughter when we was going away to a a wedding and she said no. So he made other arrangements for her to go to his auntie's. And when she found out, she went pretty much apeshit. And she kind of like was phoning him up, shouting and screaming at him, saying that he'd left her with somebody and she wasn't happy with that. But when asked, could you have her? She said no, knowing that we was going to a wedding. So I felt like she didn't want, us to kind of do that and then it wasn't a, a child I mean a wedding that you could take any children so that wasn't an option and it was left with a fact she was left with a family member mm. she started screaming and shouting to my boyfriend whilst he was at the wedding so he kind of like I think he blocked her number but then what she done is she found me on Facebook and was being really spiteful about him being really spiteful about our relationship making up lies as if like I was and luckily I didn't actually see this message for a whole month until after and I was just on a Monday morning I was just looking through my phone and I'd see this random message that came through on a like a filtered Facebook message if I'd have read that message whilst being at a wedding you'd particularly ruined our day because she was like throwing in accusations and pretty much lying throughout the whole message and then obviously when I confronted him about it and said this is what I'd seen then she kind of like twisted it around and said that she was falsely informed about whatever she was, what I felt that she was lying about and then kind of said that she was only saying it for my benefit because I'm a good person and I'm around her daughter and she doesn't want him to ruin that. So I feel like she can be quite spiteful and I feel like her mood on the day is then how she reacts. I think what's difficult between him and her is that she doesn't have a balanced mood towards the situation so she can just fly off the handle and then he's just kind of got to take whatever she's... So I don't know if our relationship wants me kind of confronting her about her ways, whether it would stay consistent in that or whether she would kind of like be resistant to, just based on how she feels that day.
2: It would definitely help you all if you all three found a way to be a bit more in communication and a bit smoother with it. And it does seem that there is potential for something in that she is most of the time, speaks to you and thinks you're okay and appreciates you being with her child. So that sounds very... Hopeful.
0: Would it be feasible for you and your boyfriend and his ex to meet up and talk through childcare and, and different things and, and how things are? Because it seems like there aren't really routines or boundaries in place with who looks after her one day or, or whatever or when you go out, etc. So for the past four months, he's had her full time. As the
1: time has been, say, closer to now, there's a bit more of a routine where she might have her one night a week. That falls on a night that when me and Ricky are just together. So at the moment, it's one night that we spend together and we don't have anyone around bar, bar the two of us. Um, but I think that... Like, if me and her was to have a conversation on the phone, that would go way better than the three of us meeting up. Mm-hmm. I think that their relationship is really bad and she flies off the handle. He finds himself difficult to... Uh, say, for instance, the situation might happen where he's phoned her up to say this is what's happening. She's got mad he's then gone mad and gone off the phone which means that she gets her the way that she wants that has an impact on me and him Mm. that's where my resentment kind of comes in towards her potentially and sometimes to him because I'm like if you could just articulate yourself better in that situation then there'd be a better outcome she wouldn't kind of like get her own way you'd then get a bit more of what you need a happier situation
0: Nicola, thank you so much for being so open and honest and sort of explaining your step family situation. I think all step families are kind of hard in some ways to navigate and you have extra sort of things in your relationship and in your family unit to sort of navigate through. So thank you. And thank you, Claire, as well, for being here. And I really hope that anything that we've talked about resonates with people in a step family, and that they get some help or support or comfort from what's said. If you've enjoyed listening, please do rate the podcast as it helps other people find us. And please do share it. If you'd like to take part in a future episode or have a question for Claire, please see the show notes. Thank you for listening.